Uh, so we're going to get into it uh, this morning. Why don't, why don't you open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 4? And um, I reckon what we'll do is I'll call you back up in a little minute, but just be ready to roll, Jared, because um, I'm going to attempt to sing, but you need to sing with me. I'm just warming you up for it now, because if I'm going to look like what I'm going to look like, you're going to look like it with me. Is everybody okay with that? Uh, it's a great song. Uh, does anybody know the song? I'll warm you up. Uh, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Does everybody know that song? Because uh, I want you to be reminded of that uh, throughout the message today. I gave the uh, sermon a title. Uh, often find that's how I begin to sort of fix myself around what I feel the Lord has given me the assignment to speak. Uh, so, th- so this week, it's called Living Hope. Living Hope. Uh, now, our society is starved of hope. Uh, th- this is a reality that we, we walk in. In, in Whittlesea uh, alone, uh, the number one growing demographic for homelessness is women over 55 years of age. And only 18% of properties can actually be afforded by a person on a minimum wage. Uh, one of the other challenges in our society, our context, our neighbourhood, is that even after the royal uh, inquest into violence, family violence is still a huge problem in our area. You know, mental health, uh, the stats are continuing to pour out uh, around Australia. And now one in six people uh, deal over the last 12 months with some form of an anxiety disorder, such as a social phobia. They say one in six Australians. Uh, There is an incredible amount of anxiety that is floating through our community. Do you know in in our council, it's been over $100 million spent at pokies because people are going in there with a dream and a hope that maybe something in my life can change. Maybe there's something out there. They're starved of hope. Now, there is actually something that we carry as believers and followers of Jesus Christ that they don't have. We have our hope not in a personal feeling. You see, worldly hope defines itself as, I just hope emotionally that things work out for me. That hope actually doesn't carry any power. It doesn't carry any strength. Our hope is in a living person. His name is Jesus. And no matter what the world throws at us, we win because we have him. Hope is important. Hope Tour in WA, I want to read to you an example of why we know that our community is starved of hope and why they actually need hope. This is literally what was sent to us. Now, you'll need to read between the lines because of obviously protecting confidentialities of children and all the right things we need to do. Uh, It will be uh, blank where I need it to be. So, hey, Hope Tour, my name is blank. I was at Hope Tour at blank school. I just wanted to message you to say thank you for what you said at my school assembly. It really inspired me. I've been struggling with my mental health And I was recently hospitalised as I planned to, blank, a few weeks ago. Your message today really stood out to me. For the first time, I feel understood. I feel like it's okay to reach out for help despite feeling isolated. I just needed you to know 
that you made a difference in my life and changed the way I view myself. That was, that was a, yeah, yeah let's, let's thank the Lord. That was a one-hour program that went into a school because we are so starved of hope in our community that even a glimmer of light, even a glimmer of hope can change the perspective of a person. Uh, there was another school that we, uh, we went to and they said this, incredible stories. Everyone was hit with a message of self-worth, self-belief and hope. Students were eager to participate and interact, which was empowering to see. Hope Tour brought a clear message. You are worth it. With some of the slogans that we had, getting help doesn't make you weak, it makes you smart. Life doesn't get better by chance, it gets better by choice. Get help. Praise God. People are receiving hope. When you look in the book of Romans, especially Romans 15, 13, we'll look to God has actually given a description. Now, he's given many descriptions, but the one that I lean into today is in that scripture, it says, may the God of hope. You see, if you look through scripture, you can quickly see that uh, in Psalm 9, it talks about that God gives hope to the needy. In Psalm 25, it talks about that hope can give you confidence. In Romans 8, it talks about that Christians can always have hope. In Romans 15, once again, it describes God as the God of hope and actually refers to the Holy Spirit in moments there. We know that we can have hope in Jesus. It's more than just a strong desire. The word in the Greek is alpizo, referring to a trust with confidence, an expectation that is sure to come. It's an active faith filled waiting for God to fulfill what he promised he would. Our hope is in Jesus. No matter the financial pressure, painful circumstance, loss, Rejection, fear, none of those things can remove the hope that we have in Jesus. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Jared, if you come up for a minute, I want us to stand for a minute. My goal is that I'm going to keep referring to this song. So let's stand. I want you to sing this into your spirit. I want you to sing this into your mindset because I believe that it will help us to focus on a living hope. Over you, Jared. Take your seats for a minute. Jared, you can stay with me for a minute.
Because He lives, we can face tomorrow. You know, when's the last time you've actually had that moment, had that thought, carried that level of faith that, hey, I've got a lot of stuff that is distracting me currently, but Jesus lives. I have living hope. I have living hope. And His name is Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Is there more? Jared's going rogue, but he wants to sing a bit more. And I'm actually probably okay with it, but I'll get you back up. Unless you want to sing it solo by yourself. Nah, sit down, sit down for a minute. Thank you, Jared. You're a blessing. All right, let's, we're going to jump around in Scripture uh, today with the landing that really is this. Because He lives, we have hope. Because He lives, we therefore have access into the presence of God where you can find mercy, where you can find grace. And then actually beyond that, because of our relationship with God, we can actually walk in supernatural hope. He lives, access to God because He lives and therefore we can walk in supernatural hope. That's the premise of what we are looking at today. In 1 Corinthians 15, 17, it says this, And if He was not raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Can you imagine that? Just for a moment, if we were to reflect on that thought, if Jesus didn't come out of the grave, if he, he wasn't raised to life on that third day, what we are believing for is futile. We're still in our sin. We're still separated from God. This is the best it can be. That's a sad thought. There are people that walk around with that thought. But you see, the resurrection, it truly is the greatest hope that we can have. 1 Peter 1 to 3 says this, Praise be to the God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into living hope that through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We have new birth into living hope. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. One of my favourite scriptures, Romans 4.25 says that he was crucified for our sins, but he was raised for our justification. You see, in that moment when he was raised from the dead, not only as some writers put it as vindication, it was saying he lived the perfect life. The sin and death had no right to hold him for the grave. And therefore, he came up out of the grave saying that we are justified because we are with him. We are with Jesus. His victory has become our victory. I'm justified because I am with him. I love Acts chapter 2, 24 that says this, But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep hold of him. Death couldn't hold him. In fact, it was impossible. And he is justified. And because we are with Jesus, we have living hope. 
In 1 Corinthians 15, it begins to talk about some of the things around the resurrection that gives us hope. In 1 Corinthians 15, 4, it says this, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day just according to scripture. See what happens in 1 Corinthians, Paul begins to build a defense around the resurrection and he actually says it was prophesied. This isn't a new idea. This actually was talked about many years ago and he's referring to uh, Psalm 16:10 where it actually says, "For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow the holy one to rot in a grave." It's referring to the resurrection of the Messiah. His name is Jesus. We can put our hope and trust in him. Jesus rose from the grave, but it wasn't a hidden resurrection. There's actually evidence that he presented himself to people. Because if you go down to 1 Corinthians 15, 5, 8, it says this, and that he appeared to Cephas, which is Peter, And then to the 12, after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James. Then he appeared to the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as one abnormally born. Paul is communicating here that there's evidence that Christ rose again because he presented himself to multiple, multiple different people. And we can have, we can have strength in knowing that there are, there are many uh, literary evidences that prove uh, that Jesus lived because you see it described by five different people in Scripture all writing about the same event. We know Matthew, Mark and Luke all write about it in a particular way. Different guys seeing a particular thing. Then we see John and we see Paul talking about the resurrection. We know that there's resurrection power. These guys saw it. They wrote about it. It was documented. And the more we think about it as believers in, in the hope of the resurrection and the trust and the faith of the resurrection, is that these men, a lot of these apostles, they went to the grave defending what they believed about the resurrection. Like, think about it. If it was fake and they gave up their life, they have no hope of being resurrected. But because they knew that one day we would be resurrected with Christ, they were willing to go to the grave because of that faith. They believed it because they saw it. Because they saw it, they wrote it down. And we walk knowing that that's what happened. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. This is the hope we have. There is no circumstance, no short-term future that's uncertain because he lives. I may at times get inside my own head. We might be overthinkers, but he lives, I can face tomorrow. So many people may suffer losses now, but we won't later. Despite questions about life, tough circumstances, there are people with health battles, there are challenges with education or friendship. Whatever the ups and downs of life may be, it's okay. He lives. So there's hope. He lives. So there's hope. I started trying to ponder a way that that we could uh, think about the fact that we, we sometimes attempted to put our hope in things that aren't living. Like honestly, if I was to look at, at this speaker and 
the speaker's not living, is it? It's just a speaker. It's not living. So can this, can this speaker affect my heart in any way? Can it help me to walk a life that's pleasing to God? Can it bring me and restore me to God? It can't, can it? It's not living. It's a speaker. But yet, if I was to change that speaker illustration and, and make it money, can money affect your heart? It probably, probably can, Joy, but the whole point is it can't bring you closer to Jesus. Joy's with me. She gets it. It can't bring you closer to Jesus, but yet so many people put their hope in money. They put their hope in a career. If I can just get this job, if I can just have this level of influence, and then one day when a choice comes, who are you putting your hope in? People go and they strive after putting hope in the wrong thing, a relationship, because it didn't work out the way you wanted it to. You put your hope in something that isn't Jesus. My desire as the leader of our community is simple. Can we be a people that put our hope in nothing else but Jesus? Don't put your hope in the wrong thing. He lives. Which means we don't need to put our hope in anything else. You know that hope can mean that you can have joy in all circumstances. We actually should react differently. When circumstances come to challenge us, we should know that God is with us. He's for us because Jesus is our advocate. In Hebrews 4, 14 to 16, let me read it to you. It says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are yet did not sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. This is why it's so wonderful to hold on to our faith. Jesus walked through what we walk through. He faced every temptation. He's not, he's not empathetic to what we walk through. In fact, he understands it so much that he knew we needed a way to approach the throne room of God. And it actually says that we can approach with confidence. Now, let's be clear. Our hope is in Christ and confidence does not mean arrogance. Confidence does not mean irreverence. Confidence can mean persistent, without insecurity. Knowing that because of Christ who advocates for us there, that we can enter into the throne room of grace where the scripture says we receive mercy and find grace to help in times of need. When do people need hope? When they need grace and mercy to help in times of need. The power of it, I've been there. It says in the scripture that the person who we put our hope in actually understands where you've been. 
I remember when April and I had been married only a little while and a lot of people have walked this journey before where we had a miscarriage. Now, I tell you, it was hard. It's been years and years since that moment. I still think about it regularly. But you want to know what helped me? When I met another couple who said, yeah, we've been through the same thing. Because you find comfort in a shared experience. And the scripture says that Jesus, he walked through all of the ups and downs and the trials and the testings and the temptations that we do too. But he knew that he was making a way for us to enter into the throne room of God where we can find what we need from him. Hebrews 6, 19 and 20 says this, For we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters into the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He's become our high priest in the order of Melchizedek. He was our forerunner. It says there that he is like an anchor for our soul. What I want to do real quickly, I want to give you an example of what's actually happening in that picture. Can I just have uh, Remy and Jet real quick? Geordie, you can come up as well. Jake, if you want to come up. I'm just picking guys in the front row. This is what used to happen. Can you bring this little prop with me? Let's go, boys. All right. So I'm going to get you guys to stand like you're in a vehicle. So Jet, if you can come here. Remy, if you get next to him, you're going to be the main guy, Remy. You're right here. If you guys get in behind him. All right, everybody. I picked some, I picked some according to Jordan. I picked some manly men, didn't I? <laughs> now, what happens uh, in, in uh, the biblical times, and it still happens today, is there would be ships that would want to enter a harbour. But because the wind and the waves would, would buffet against the, the ship, it was hard for the ship to enter into the place that they wanted to be. So what would happen is big boats would actually send out a runner boat. So what would happen, if you hold on to that, is the runner boat would get a hold of the anchor. Now the runner boat would take off. Go on, Remy, work with my prop here. Right, he'd run into, through there and stay right there. So what would happen, you face that way. You didn't need to do that. It felt like I needed to do that. So what would happen is we got the, the ship who's out in the harbour. They're getting hit by the waves. They are unable to get into the harbour because of the fact that they're getting hit by the waves. So they would send a four, a little boat, a runner boat, where this runner boat would get into the harbour and then it would drop the anchor. So now the anchor's been dropped. It's firm and secure in the place that the ship wants to be. Now a forerunner means that eventually... The boat will follow. It's been anchored into the position it needs to be. So therefore now it's stuck where it needs to be. So no matter what happens here, eventually that boat is going to enter in to the place it desired to be. Thank you, boys. You can give them a hand. Now think about this. 
It says there in Hebrews chapter 6, 19, this is the hope, like an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. Jesus, it's talking about, it enters into the sanctuary behind the curtain. We all know that that's referring to the Holy of Holies, God's presence, where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. It says we have this hope in Jesus, an anchor for our souls, firm and secure. It enters into the presence of God where it's anchored us there. It's actually holding us now in a place where we can enter the presence of God because Christ being our forerunner entered into the presence of God and it now firmly holds us there. It's not a matter of if. We are able to enter into the presence of God because of our forerunner Jesus, who's like an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. It goes behind the curtain into the presence of God where we've been anchored there. Our hope lives, but our hope has also made a way for us to enter into the presence of God and be held there. This is the hope. This is the hope we have. What are you doing with the hope that you have? Because I have realised that there is a community of people out there, Christians in general, who are walking around potentially with the wrong mentality. It's a mentality that God is going to give me everything I need. And in Christ, our hope is firm and secure in that we just need to receive the gift of salvation through faith. But so many Christians think that everything else, everything else should just come. But we actually need to grow and we need to apply faith in areas of our life. In Romans 15, 13, it says, May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace. As you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Trust. We have access now to God. We have access through Christ into a relationship with a living God who gives us mercy and grace. Where do you go? Where do you go with your hope? What, what do you do when you, you need help? How many people try to escape to Netflix or a distraction? People do it. How many people get emotionally angry? Rather than going to God, you're angry or you're anxious or you blame. Are there people that go to destruct destructive habits? Your own strength. There are people out there that when they become overwhelmed, instead of going to God, you bail on every commitment that you've had, letting people down. You overfill, are overwhelmed, and then you leave it rather than going to God and applying wisdom at the beginning. Others go to relationships that aren't suitable in the hope that they will rescue you. I want to return to the fact that we can enter the throne room of God because of Jesus where you can find hope, grace to help when you need it. 
Now in Romans 15, 13, Paul writes that may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jared, I'll have you back up again. Paul is praying, I hope that you have joy and peace and I hope that it will completely fill you as you trust in him. I remember when I was a lot younger, I was, uh, we were on a plane coming back from um, WA and I decided I'd go through the thousands and thousands of photos that I have on your phone. Does anybody ever do that? You do that like once a quarter, you know. And you just have so many photos. And I came across this photo when Kiara was learning to swim. And I remember the trauma that it caused me uh, initially because she would go and stand on the side of the pool and I'd be in the pool and I'd say, jump into my arms. And if you've had a daughter, you have to learn that they're not going to do what they don't want to do. And she wouldn't jump into my arms. And I'm like, this is going to be fun. This is going to be great. Daddy's got you. Jump. And it was a process over a few weeks of summer where we were at the pool where eventually she learnt to jump into my arms. And what happened is with that trust came the joy, came the fun, came all of the stuff that comes along with me throwing her around in the water. But what happened is it was that initial leap of faith. It was that jumping Now, years later, I remember when the other kids were lining up and getting ready to jump in and then Kiara became the advocate, just jump, just trust, it's fun, it'll be great, you'll love it. Paul is praying for the Romans. He's coming to the end of the letter and he's actually saying, my prayer for you is that you would be filled with joy and peace as you trust in Him. So as you put your trust in God, the living hope, in your trust in Jesus, your hope actually switches from a natural trust into a supernatural hope. It says, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Trust in the right places versus trust in the wrong places. How are you with your trust? We need to believe God for big things. I keep being challenged is that if my whole world can be controlled by what I have now and what I'm doing now, faith can be removed from the picture. And I don't want to be in a place where I'm living without God needing to move in my life. How are you with yours? Can you go home this week and live a life where you're not reliant on God? Can you go, hey, my finances are good, praise God. How's your generosity then? My health is good, praise God. What are you doing with the energy God has given you? My mentality is good, praise God, pray for others. But what Paul is praying is that as you put your faith and trust in God, 
There is a supernatural move of the Spirit in your life. Those people that know how to have joy in all circumstances, that's because of supernatural hope. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding is a trust. And then what happens is that joy and that peace and that hope begins to flow out of the life of a believer. Do you know what? This is what the world around us needs. The world around us needs Christians that are living and walking in the hope of Jesus Christ. Because that hope has saved us. Jesus lives. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He was resurrected, the the power of sin and death has been overcome by the work of the cross. And now we get to walk in that. Because we get to walk in that, it means we can enter the throne room of God where there's power to help. And when we walk in faith and trust in God, you actually overflow with supernatural hope. Is your hope in the right place? I want to encourage you that if your life is comfortable, take a step of faith to see the kingdom of God extended so that you can rely on God. Go and have a conversation with a colleague. You know, I thank the Lord. There's a principle in the Bible that you reap what you sow. So if your life's in order and things are going well, it's probably because you've honoured God in all of the little decisions and now, hey, you're doing really well. But I, I want to see, see the community helped. I, I want to see young people that are struggling with mental health find hope in Jesus. I want to see family members that are separated with agitation and hurt and blame have their hearts softened because they realised we're all sinners in need of the work of the cross. What are you doing with the living hope? Because we have it. No matter what happens in our life, we know we can face it because we have Jesus with us. But I don't want to keep it for myself. What are you doing with the living hope? Who are you encouraging around you? Can we stand for a moment? I believe there are some people here that have had their trust in the wrong places. And there are three statements that I believe will help you. The first one, when you lay awake in bed at night, this is what you're going to say. I'm going to sleep now because my trust and faith is in Jesus. You're literally, as you lie in bed awake, you're going to say, I'm going to sleep because I'm choosing by faith to go to sleep because I put my trust and hope in Jesus. For that same person or people that walk around, I'm not going to overthink. I'm not gonna worry about the outcome because my trust is in Jesus. There are some people in this room that you need to not avoid. Stop avoiding, stop running because your trust is in Jesus. My hope is not in the circumstance 
My hope is in Jesus. I'm going to play my role of trusting and walking in faith and leaving it in God's hands. So that as I walk by faith, my life will overflow with a supernatural hope that comes from the Holy Spirit. So here was the premise that started this message for me. You can't give what you don't have. You can't expect to bring the hope of who Jesus is into your world if you're not walking in it by faith and trust. We're made right with God. This isn't a justification thing. You're going to heaven if you have your faith in Jesus. But I want to walk in influence. And right now, what the world needs and what we have in Jesus is hope beyond hope. But you can't give what you don't have. So are there people here that you've put your hope in wrong places? We're just having a, a check-in on our lives. Have you put your hope in finance? Have you put your hope in career? Have you put your hope in relationship? Have you put your hope, you haven't meant it, but really, if you were to look at the economy of your heart, you would go, hey, I'm putting more weight on this than on Jesus. There are other people in this room that you're riddled with anxiety because you're not putting your hope and trust. Now, we know that there's medical things. Let's be balanced. We're not being extreme. But what I am saying is there are moments in your life where you could choose to trust God, but rather you choose to worry. We have a living hope. He rose from the grave. His name is Jesus. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. So every eye closed across this place. Are there people in this room today and you want to return effectively to the cross? You, you want to return to, I put my hope and all of my hope in Jesus. He lives, He breathes, He died and rose again. I want to put all of my hope in Him. Not in money, not in circumstance, not in relationship. I want to put my hope and my trust in Jesus. Really, you want to declare over yourself, as it says in Romans 15, 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't give what you don't have. I want to walk in that living hope. If that's you, why don't you raise your hands real quickly across this place. Hallelujah. Yep. Hallelujah. Yep. Awesome. We have hope. His name is Jesus. Father, would you forgive us if we put our hope in wrong places? We repent of actions that we've taken that we shouldn't have out of insecurity or trying to control things. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that He died and He rose again. We thank You that because of that, we're anchored in the presence of God, firm and secure. 
And that as we trust in you, our life overflows with supernatural hope. Because of you, Jesus.